0: طيب بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وافضل الصلاه و sayyidana على سيدنا مولانا محمد وعلى وصحبه وسلم اجمعين سبحانك لا علم لنا الا ما إنك, انك انت العليم الحكيم ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم ما شاء الله, تبارك الله. It's very hard to describe how much we've been looking forward to this retreat in particular. And if the Iqay al is a special book, which indeed it is, and if it's a book that is beloved to the heart, which indeed it is, this is the climax, this is the pinnacle, this is the summit, this is really what it's all about. And this is the choice and most favorite book of the entire Ihrayl al this is what it really is all about is Mahabba, love and as we were reading through as Ustaz Amjad already mentioned there are so many beautiful passages so many beautiful sections so many beautiful stories so many really deep nuances in this work we were, found it very difficult to develop the outline that we developed to figure out what it is we're actually going to say. And we've decided, inshallah, don't hold me to this 100%, but we think this is going to be the case, that we actually need to study the entire book from beginning to end in the summer retreat. So this is, inshallah, an introduction that, inshallah, we'll go into a little bit of detail. And hopefully Allah Ta'ala will give us tawfiq to study the entire book from beginning to end. And it's important for a number of reasons. It really goes without saying. And we will get into that, inshallah Ta'ala. And that one of the most important things is that simply you and I change our perspective. And recognize that... We should approach our deen from the standpoint of muhabba, of love. And inshallah, this is what we're going to be talking about throughout this weekend. And today, we are, we've looked a little bit at the merit of love. This session, we will be looking a little bit at the true nature of love. Moving towards a definition, talking about what it really means. And how in relation to Allah Ta'ala, the love of the abd, the servant of Allah... It's not metaphor It actually exists It's real And then tomorrow inshallah ta'ala We will begin the day by discussing How Allah alone truly deserves to be loved Subhanahu wa ta'ala And then we will follow up with a session About how to strengthen our love For our Lord And then we will talk about the signs Of loving Allah and tomorrow afternoon we will end With a discussion of Allah's love for His servant So the first five sessions All are going to be about our love for Allah And then what does it mean for us to Become beloved to Allah and then Allah loves us As you will see there's two different things One is called at tahabbub And this is the process of becoming lo- beloved to Allah By showing our love for Allah and then when you become mahbub, Then you're beloved to Allah And we will talk about The difference between the two And then on Sunday And we hope that you all will be here with us This entire weekend We will talk about The greatest fruit Of love Which is رضى, contentment And we will look at An understanding of contentment Based upon the Quran and the Sunnah of our Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi and the statement of the early great Imams, the righteous predecessors who spoke with wisdom that was rooted in the Quran and the Sunnah. And we will follow up then with a discussion of the true nature of contentment. And inshallah ta'ala end with stories about meeting our Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala because this is how we want to be. We want our nafs to be mutma'inna and we want our nafs to that Love to meet our Lord And to be content with whatever comes our way So that we meet our Lord Not just in a good state And not just with a husnul al But with a kamal husn al With a perfect good seal And don't think that any of this Is unattainable On the contrary That we should have Great hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala That He inspired us To be here for this topic to hear this discussion enabled us to do so without any power or strength or planning from our part. it's all a blessing from him it was decreed in pre-eternity that you and i would be here together in this moment on this day and this topic is so lofty we don't even need to say that it wasn't planned to be on this particular weekend for the holiday that other people are celebrating Is that every day for us If we truly realize these meanings Is Eid Every moment that we experience Is blessed It's not restricted to a specific day So this was entirely unplanned That it would correspond to this weekend and That's not even worth mentioning Because this is much loftier That we're talking about real talk here About the servant of Allah Coming to love his Lord Subhanahu wa ta'ala So I want to begin this session And follow up on the beautiful session of Osad Amjad And emphasize and re-emphasize And reiterate and again That hammer into our hearts The importance of love The importance of mahabbah, And no matter how many times we speak about it we still haven't spoken about it enough. It is so unfortunate that there are so many people that don't think love has anything to do with Islam. I've actually heard people say this. Why are you speaking so much about love? That's a Christian thing. And subhanAllah, like I don't know what deen they are study have studied. I don't know what deen that they've learned. And as we will see, love is the beginning, love is the end, and love is everything because it's beginning, end, and all along the way. This whole affair ultimately is about love. And love is the ultimate goal in the dunya and the akhirah. This is the whole purpose of religion there's no way for us to fulfill our purpose on earth and to live a life of meaning without love. It's impossible. This is the entire affair and I want to quote again because not everyone was here when Oswal Amjad quoted Imam Al-Ghazali's statement in the very beginning of Book 36 where he sets the frame as he always does he wants to give us clarity of conception And then he wants to leave a practical way for us to attain whatever it is that he's calling us to. And so I will quote the English only, Love of Allah is the ultimate goal of spiritual stations and the highest pinnacle of spiritual degrees. There is no spiritual station after the attainment of love. And he mentions examples such as longing, Intimacy Contentment And the like Except that It is one of its fruits And corresponding effects There is no spiritual station Prior to love, Such as repentance Patience Detachment Or others And then you could say By extension Not just spiritual station All of the mu'amalat All of the dealings All of the different chapters That deal with the customary things That we do And how to approach them According to our deen all of the ibadat Everything that was discussed In his great work about worship And all of the different types of worship Except that It is a precursor to love And so we have formatted this You will get a copy of this in Tomorrow in the afternoon session That has the Arabic and the English And yours will look nicer than this uh, And I highly advise that you frame it I have frames on the way for the copy that we're all going to get for not didn't buy everybody a frame. I'm sorry. I need to take a class on generosity, I guess. But we will at least give you a handout with this that we, I hope you frame. And I hope that you place it in a place in your house that you will be reminded of this every single day. Because there is nothing more important for us to discuss than about the topic of love. And everything in our deen ultimately leads to love and if we think about the world in existence as we know it the cosmos, creation the foundation of existence the source of creation is nothing other than love and this is taken by what some say to be a hadith qudsi, a divine saying and most imams Point to the spurious nature of this hadith although it's quoted in many of the books nevertheless the meaning is true and Kuntu I was a hidden treasure in u'raf. I loved to be known and there's different narrations I created the creation in order that they may come to know me And the reason they say the meaning is true Because we all know the verse That when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says I have not created the jinn kind or humankind Except that they may worship me And then the famous statement of Ibn Abbas Everybody knows that by now In other words, except that they may come to know me So the whole purpose of creation Is Is that we come to know Allah. And when you come to know Allah, you love Him. And then the more you love Him, the more you come to know Him. And so, ma'rifah and mahabbah, knowledge of Allah, gnosis, and love go hand in hand. And no one will come to know Allah except necessarily they will come to love Allah. And the more that we know Allah, the more we will love Allah. And this just goes on until eternity. And this unveils until eternity. As we're in paradise, inshallah we all make it. If the seed has been planted now, that inshallah ta'ala is harvested in this world, and then increases in the barzakh, and then that inshallah ta'ala grows eternally, forever. We will continually come to know our Lord more and more, and love our Lord more and more, And this goes on forever, and ever, and ever, and ever. And this is why not only is love the beginning of the affair, and the source of creation. And not only is love the ultimate goal, and the highest station of the religion. In the afterlife, this is what it's all about. The highest degree in paradise is what? To gaze upon the noble countenance of Allah the highest experience, the highest bliss in paradise is the pleasure that comes from gazing upon the noble countenance of Allah. And the more that we learn to cultivate a like and an affinity towards spiritual pleasure here in this world, the longer that we will get to experience in the hereafter The gaze upon the noble countenances of Allah And what does that mean? Well, there's nothing wrong with Experiencing the pleasure of certain things in the world But if we can cultivate in ourselves, for instance A love for the dhikr of Allah Where we actually enjoy making dhikr It's pleasurable to us And we would actually rather do it more than taking part in any worldly desires the more we can cultivate that in our hearts now and the more fruits that that bears here in this world the more then that we will experience that spiritual pleasure in the next world when we return to our Lord so you could go on and on and on about the importance of love and the proof that it is the ultimate goal is the Hadith Qudsi That is in the collection of Imam al-Bukhari That starts by saying, indeed Allah Ta'ala says Man faqad Whoever shows enmity towards one of my awliya I will declare war against him Wa ma abdi bishain, ahab my servant will draw nearer to me when nothing greater, nothing more beloved to me than that which I have made an obligation upon him. وَمَا يَزَالُ Abdi And my servant will continue to draw nearer to me through super obligatory works until I love him. And so what does Allah Ta'ala, this is the frame that should be a staple part of our conception of deen, of religion, and our practice. You know, said Amjad mentioned this, but I want to reiterate. This is it. This is the frame. The whole reason that we avoid the few things that Allah Ta'ala has said are impermissible. The whole reason we do the few things that He said are an obligation. And the whole reason then that we increase in doing good works is to experience this hatta Until that I love him Subhanahu wa ta'ala That is exactly what tahabbub is Trying to leave what Allah has forbidden Do what he commanded us to do And to continue to do good deeds Until we become beloved to Allah And there is a hadith That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala When he comes to love someone. He will call out to Jabril. Indeed that I love so and so. So love him. That could happen tonight. That could happen tomorrow. That could happen next year. We hope that that happens. Before we die. We hope that that happens. Before we die. And just think about. All of the people in our world. They care about what people think of them They want to get elected by a human being They want to be chosen by a human being They want to join a particular group Or to be accepted on a particular team Or to attain a particular position Or to all of these different things Receive a certain scholarship Or uh, uh, be given some type of political position Or whatever else And it's all dunya Dunya What really matters is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to Jibreel (laughs) that he loves us. Because that's the sign that the process of tahabbab has now become mahbubiyah. That we're beloved to Allah now. And then look what Allah ta'ala causes to happen as a result. Then Jibreel calls out to the angels that are in heaven that he loves so and so, so love him. And then that human being is given acceptance in creation. He has a special position amongst the other human beings. And the beautiful thing, all of the other social distinctions that normally prevent or help people to attain any type of position in the dunya are completely that unimportant and that have nothing to do with this matter. You could have the ugliest, that poorest, that least talented, that, and on and on and on and on, all these things that no one wants to have. Allah. This is what we should be seeking. And this is how we should approach our deen in relation to our own selves. And this is how we should rear our children. This should be what is at the heart of our home. This should be at what is at the heart of our community This should be at the heart of our approach to knowledge This should be at uh, at the heart of our approach to That practice and all of the good deeds that we do And everything that relates to our deen When people speak to us This is what should impact them This is what they should remember This is what it's all about ultimately And I remember from the bounty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala going to the blessed place where I started to learn and I'm still learning and have a lot to learn these blessed meanings and alhamdulillah they're still here on the face of this earth places that you can go, people that you can encounter, hearts that can give such that you can absorb these meanings and actually that we're going to be talking mostly theory and hopefully it's not going to be theory and when you're around these types of people they quickly that get you beyond all of the theory and allow you to experience from the bounty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and from the blessing of their state because their state bubbles over and impacts you and this is why there's nothing more important for us than to have these people be accessible and for you and I to interact with them and to take their companionship. And it exists among men just as it exists among women. And there are women awliya when you enter into their presence. La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. What is taking place? What is happening from their state with Allah? That you feel like you do And you know it's not from you Because you know yourself When you're on your own But when you come into their presence La ilaha illallah There is no type of intoxication That is anywhere Approaches the beautiful intoxication That comes from being in the presence of these people And nothing is that As ghali and expensive With Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Than this And it suffices us to know that our Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, of all of the names that he's been given, he's the Habib of Allah. He's the Habib of Allah. He's the beloved of Allah. What transpires between the heart of Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam and the Lord of the Worlds, Allahu a'lam. No one will ever know. And people will only truly know to the degree that they share some of his characteristics. And this is why that the companions will know him like no one after them. And they will the prophets know him in ways that even the companions don't. And the Ulul Azm and rusul know him in ways that those who are not from the Ulul Azm don't. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given our Prophet <laughs> and created the reality of his nature in relation to these meanings that we've previously mentioned and we don't want to go too deep or be too esoteric in a way that ultimately all of creation if we look at things properly and we look according to the correct lens you will see surely absolutely this whole affair is about that and the door is open for every single one of us to take part unless we prevent ourselves the door is open for everyone everyone unless those that let the door remain closed or they refuse to open it or they veil themselves from it or they consciously deny that it exists or whatever else but this is open. the door is open for everybody and I want to just mention one last statement of the great Sheikh Ahmed Zarruk that he says, <inaudible> and The spirit of Islam is the love of Allah <inaudible> and the love of His Messenger <inaudible> and love of the afterlife and the love of the righteous from His servants. And as Sheikh Abdul Khadr al Isa said, that doing acts of goodness without muhabba Is like a physical body without a spirit Dead Us. Everybody has to do what we do outwardly Everybody has to do certain things We all have to pray But what a difference between someone like Oh, I have to pray And between someone who loves to pray And we'll come back to this But this is something that we can force ourselves to do Which it sounds strange To have to force ourselves to do this But if you approach your prayer From this standpoint That bringing the heart That Allah Ta'ala sees you Instead of letting, letting your nafs Get the best of you That you just say No I am going to worship Allah Out of mahabba Out of love And I don't, I don't care how tired I am I don't care how cold my feet are Because of the cold barn that we're in I'm going to do this out of love and you can focus that you won't feel your feet or anything else and you can remind yourself of this and we have to remind ourselves of, of this every time we make this every time that we pray every time that you're doing I'm doing it out of mahabba. and then the door will open up for you to increase in this and to increase in this and to increase in this until there's no end so the first thing that we need to Then discuss Is a little bit about A definition for love And so Imam Ghazali is very helpful In this regard And he starts in a way That's very easy for us to understand He starts with a Very outward definition That we all know And so he has a chapter That is titled "Bayan Haqita al-Mahabbah." This is an exposition on the true nature of mahabbah, wa asbabuhā, wa bayanu asbabihā, and an explanation of the reasons we love. Wa taḥdīki ma'na mahabbat al and he wants to correctly define what it means for the servant to love Allah جلال جلال. so the first thing that he says is it's very important for us to know that love is inconceivable without two things ma'rifah and idrak Ma'rifa is knowledge and idrak is perception so A human being simply won't love that which he or she does not know. Without knowledge, you can't have love. Without perception, you can't have love. You have to have knowledge and perception. And what ends up happening is, perception is the way that we achieve and acquire knowledge. They're in relation to things that are perceptible and so this is what he calls the مدركات, the perceptible objects or the perceptibles the things that we can perceive as human beings there's two major there's really three major divisions there are the things that he says there are things that correspond to the nature of of the one proceeding, that suits you, there are things that give you pleasure, and then there are things that you're at variance with. There's things that you have an aversion towards, and there's things that cause you pain. And then there are things that don't provide joy for you or pleasure, nor do they really hurt you, or in, do you turn away from them. So these are the three basic categories but when we differentiate love from hate or like from dislike what we love is everything that brings us pleasure things that we have a natural inclination towards and the things that we hate or dislike are the things that we have an aversion we have an aversion towards, we turn away from, that we don't find pleasure. So, even though it's the sunnah of our Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi to never say that we don't like a certain type of food, we've probably all slipped up in that regard and said that I hate qdaka that. Why do you hate that type of food? Someone else loves it, but you hate it. And hate is, of course, a strong word. Maybe it's more like dislike. But the point is, it doesn't suit you. You don't like the taste. It makes you, uh, like, sick. There's something, the smell. There's something about it. The aftertaste, whatever. But why do you not like that food and someone else does? It's something about your nature in relation to that particular food. And this is really getting at the heart of how we understand love. So you could simply say, and I want everybody to write this. So everybody should have a pen. Inscribe it on your heart, but also take the means and put pen to paper. Love is an expression for the natural inclination towards what is pleasurable. Love is an expression for the natural inclination towards what is pleasurable. And we'll come back to this meaning because this forms the foundation for how we cultivate love in our heart for Allah Okay, so is everybody good up until now? Let's keep going. So then we have to talk about how love, in the broadest sense here, even though I know there are many terms that we use for love in the English language, and obviously there's different types of love, and we'll see if we can get into some of that. It suffices for us to say now, our purpose as we is only to focus on spiritual love, love for Allah. That's what we're talking about. Love for Allah. And of course, loving for the sake of Allah is really important. That's one of the fruits of love. But our focus is going to be how to cultivate love in our hearts for Allah. So we can become beloved to Allah and love for Allah only. And at least if we can start that process. We've done something immensely great. And we've done something by taking that first step. The hope is Allah Jalla Jalala will open up the doors of Tawfiq for us to attain its reality in increasing degrees until the day we meet Him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Inshallah, the greatest moment of manifestation of love in our hearts will be the moment that our soul is taken from our bodies. Because why? Man ahabba our Prophet said. Whoever loves to meet Allah, ahabba Allahu Allah loves to meet Him. We ask Allah that from the blessing of coming together, as deficient as we are, as sinful as we are, no matter how much we fall short, how much we fall short in the past, no matter how much we fall short in the future, from the blessing of reading this blessed book and the Imam, Imam Allah and the barakah of our shuyukh Insha'Allah may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us when we take our last breath to have our heart filled with love for Allah and loving to meet Him and to be completely detached from anything in this world and may that be the best moment of our life is that moment that we meet Allah and nothing is more important than that nothing is more important than that live your lives in the dunya get educated, have a job have a family do all the things that everybody else does but in the end never forget that this is what it all it's all about and my advice to you as a brother is to associate with and learn from people that teach Dean based upon that perspective that help you in relation to this. And if you spend time with me. And I'm speaking about this abdul fakir And you don't find yourself. Having more love for Allah and His Messenger. Leave me. Find someone else. Who's going to be much more helpful. And if you find someone that's more helpful. That I. If I'm sincere with Allah. I'll be happy for you that if you spend more time with that person. Don't spend time with people that cause you to have a bad opinion of other Muslims, or let alone, my God, just become a toxic individual and just spews hate because of their limited perspective. This deen is beautiful. And these meanings, as Ustad Amjad mentioned, if we exemplify them, like how, how can you not Fall in love with them. But we have to exemplify them. And it's within our ability to do so. And it's actually not that hard. And one of the advantages that we have, despite the difficulty of our time and all of the challenges and tribulations and all of these types of things, there's not a lot of people on the playing field. If you're trying out for a team and there's a lot of good players, your chances are slim. If you're trying to get into a very good school, and the chances of, even if you have the best grades and the best SAT scores and the perfect application, your chances are still slim, unless you know someone, but your chances are still slim. Is that, but if the if there's not a lot of people applying, subhanAllah, and think about our time, there's not a lot of people that even care about this anymore. So there's actually no better time and if Allah Ta'ala enriches you with this meaning you will have a totally different perspective on everything that is you do in life you'll have a totally different perspective about your career a totally different perspective about all of your relationships and everything else this is what will make you rich as a human being this is what will that allow you to experience what we've been created to experience so the next thing that we then have to discuss is how mahabba love relates to the five senses so we just said that love is a consequence of what it is that we perceive and the knowledge that it bequeaths and then we have to know that each sense perceives something that relates to that sense. And there's different things that are found to be pleasurable based upon people's different natures in relation to their senses. And so, think about the eye. There are certain things that the eye finds beautiful. There's things that the eye finds ugly. Think about the ear, there are certain sounds that we deem to be beautiful and there are sounds that are deemed to be ugly and terrible. And the danger here is, and Imam Ghazali speaks about this in multiple places, where he talks about someone who's salim They're of sound nature. But the time in which we live in the war on the fitrah is so real is that when the fitra becomes damaged, your natural disposition, you will find things beautiful that are really ugly. Things that really sound terrible, you'll find some type of beauty in them. And then on top of that, there's a war of against how we perceive beauty as human beings. And we're not going to get too philosophical this week because there's no need for that. We want to stay practical We want to experience this And just forget about all that nonsense We want to have sound natures That perceive beauty In a way that is pleasing to our Lord Subhanahu wa ta'ala The this, this sense of smell There's certain things that we deem to be That smell good And be beautiful because Of its smell and it's pleasurable to us And the same thing in terms of taste Food and so forth. And likewise, in terms of touch, generally speaking, we don't like fabrics that are really coarse. We like nice, soft fabrics. We like nice, soft rugs. We like nice, soft pillows, nice, soft sheets, and things of that nature. And we like to touch little babies because their skin is so soft. And as we get old and wrinkled and our skin dries out, it's not as pleasurable to touch than a nice that baby that has nice, soft skin. So, each one of the senses perceives certain things. And it gives you knowledge of those things. So, you know what sounds are through your ability to hear through your ear. This is how you perceive sound is through the ear. And then there's that knowledge that you acquire by virtue of you perceiving with the ear. And then there are things that are beautiful. And those are the things that we find pleasurable. And then there are things, uh, there's there are things that are pleasurable, rather, and those are the things that we love. And then there are things that uh, sounds that are terrible, like scratching your fingernails on a chalkboard or something like that, or someone screeching that then We've, we don't like those things, and we, we dislike them as a result. So, then what Imam al-Azari does, he builds on this. And this is why it's so important, because he wants to give us a comprehensive understanding. Then he talks about something really amazing, what he calls, Hes <laughs> sadis The sixth sense. And this is your qalb. This is your heart. But just so that we don't argue, over what he is referring to and he actually says you can call it what you want you can call it the aql you can call it nur you can call it the intellect you can call it light you can call it the qal speak about it in any way that you want you don't want to argue it all over the technical terms what is the reality of what you're talking about your internal reality Your internal nature This is what he means. There is a sixth sense that every human being has. And it relates to our internal nature. And then he goes on to say. Rebuking those who say that the only beauty. That can be perceived. Is a beauty that relates to the five senses. And something outwardly. And... He goes on to speak about how this is far from the truth. On the contrary, that we have an ability to perceive certain things through the heart that also bring about pleasure at the level of the heart because of the knowledge of what is beautiful that results from us perceiving that and this is nothing related to any one of the nothing that relates to any of the five senses. This relates to the heart. And in fact, is that he says is that the heart has a greater ability to perceive than the eye or any of the other senses outwardly. And the same way that we define love for the senses is the same way. That we define love For the heart And this is what differentiates us As human beings Is our ability to perceive Through our hearts And our ability To recognize beauty And to experience pleasure That goes along with that knowledge That is perceived In the heart And At this juncture What Imam Ghazali wants us to know is that he gives us examples of how this is the case and all of us, there are certain people that we all come to love. Why when you mention the name of the Prophet? Why when you mention a name of one of the companions? Why when you mention the name of one of the great imams? Some of the pious people of before? The names of your teachers that you've spent time with even in this world why do you love them so much you've never met them maybe the teachers but other than others you haven't met them what is it that you're loving about them you don't know how they look you've never seen them their face drawn what are you really loving about them Imam Al-Ghazali goes into detail and he says ultimately it gets back to three things It gets back to their knowledge And it gets back to their ability To do certain things And thirdly It gets back to Their doing things That other people simply can't do So in other words Not having some of the deficiencies That other people have By excelling And doing things that other people can't do. And... He uses this as the means for us to... Understand how it is... That we can truly love with this sixth sense. And then after this... He goes into a discussion... Of the main reasons we love. Now, what he does here... he talks about five main reasons but really we're going to focus only on two and because two of them actually can be understood through the two that we will discuss and the third there's only so much you can say about it anyway it's experienced and the two major reasons we love is because first Benevolence. People doing good to you. <coughs> when people do something good to you, when people are polite, when people give you a gift, when people treat you well, when people respect you, you tend to reciprocate and you tend to like them. I remember my mother always saying, and it actually really works, kill people with kindness. If you ever come to like a grumpy waiter or waitress or a grumpy social worker or a grumpy patient or whatever else, kill them with kindness. And there's very few people unless they're just, you know, really disgruntled or any, there's very few people that you will, if you kill them with kindness, they won't eventually come around. 90% of people probably I mean, this has been my experience. They're used to other people trying to get over on them. They're trying to protect themselves. They're trying to create barriers, whatever they're trying to do. But when you just are polite and when they see you're responding differently by their same antics that they've developed for certain reasons that, you know, it doesn't matter whether they're valid or not. They're doing it, but you don't respond the same way and you just keep saying nice things and maybe even compliment them. You know, it's very hard for them not to open up If you kill them with kindness And That <laughs> That we are Predisposed To loving people that do good things to us Or do good things for us This is how we are As human beings and so this is the number one reason that we love. I'm going to take you back. There's going to be a lot of repetition. But the point is not to repeat for the sake of repeating so that we absorb the meaning. The hadith that that Amjad quoted is foundational in this meaning. أَحِبُّ <laughs> Limaya Love Allah for that which He provides you from His blessings. And if you think about in the world And this is going to be focused more on tomorrow morning When we relate it to Allah Think about all of the people That have done good for you in your life Do you not love them? You love them And in many ways You overlook many of their faults Someone else might have had a different experience And they actually don't like that person But you, you know those other things But you love them And This is because The eye of contentment Will be blind to every fault But if someone doesn't like you They are going to uncover All of your faults They're only going to see your faults And subhanAllah There's just certain people Have you noticed They just don't like you For whatever reason and we should never think that it's because of them if you're sincere with Allah you'll be like oh it's me it has to be me don't blame other people blame yourself that's spiritually safe and it could just be from they're from the army you're from the marines (laughs) i.e. you're from a different army relation to your spirit it's possible but as long as we're still trapped in the nafs and armada the nafs incites the evil it's safer To blame yourself and not them. Blame yourself. Maybe there's something that I'm doing that I don't know. Maybe I put them off in some way. That there's something that's causing this aversion. And there might not be. But you don't know. So it's safer to blame yourself and not them. Nevertheless, if that's the case. No matter what you do. right? Finally when you think you've done something. To make them happy. right? And in this regard there's the famous story of the great Wali where his had this interesting relationship with his wife and she never believed that he was a Wali and so then he said, I want you to come to class one day with me and so she comes to class and she sees all these people sitting listening very attentively, everyone's quiet and he comes back and he says so what do you think? and she said, I saw all these people no one's saying anything, thing and you're up there babbling away. He says, Alright, I'm gonna prove to you that I'm from the Odia. So he said, Watch. And so he just flies into the air. He just, whew, flies into the air and then he comes back. Alright? He said, Now do you believe me? She says, look at you, you can't even fly straight. <laughs> so Yani There are certain people that are never gonna like you no matter what it is that you do. Uh, even if you change like Turn that, yeah, I mean, some substance into gold They're never going to believe you But the point here is This is the first reason we love Is for benevolence People showing good to us And again The job tomorrow morning is to tie that into Our love for Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala And then the second reason is We love beauty And beauty is something that we love Because it's beautiful And we can love beauty Even if it doesn't relate to our own self So let's pause here real quick And Imam Ghazali, when he mentions five The first thing he mentions Is the love of a human being of his own self and that's not blameworthy. Loving yourself at the basic level from the standpoint Allah created you, and from the standpoint of wanting to remain in existence, that's not. there's nothing wrong with that, of course. And so a lot of this, this discourse that's out there, love yourself, at, yes, but we have a nuanced way of understanding that. Much of what is meant by that is not what we mean by that. And that's a whole other topic. We don't want to get into that. It's too, we don't want to get into that. But at the most basic level, of course you love yourself. The scariest thing of all is for a human being to think about non existence. Just try it. Do a reflection session on thinking about never having existed. It's the scariest thing of all. There's no you. But us. And it's one of the great ways to deflate your ego as well. Because you realize that we don't deserve anything. So, loving our own self, wanting ourselves to remain, and wanting good for yourself. Loving good for yourself. That's all praiseworthy. And we begin from there, but in a religious way. So we channel that God-given gift and that natural inclination towards religion. And so this is why when we love people that show good to us, you're still in the picture But it's not a bad thing It's just lower in relation to what comes after it So let's be real with ourselves And know we might may, may, may not be at that stage Where we solely love for Allah Ta'ala's sake Beauty for the sake of beauty Or experiencing that when it comes to Allah Ta'ala So let's begin here And let's try to achieve this first level Which is Loving Allah for all of the blessings He gives us. So this is the second one that Imam al ghazali mentions is loving those who show good to us. So those two go hand in hand. That's why we just spoke about it as benevolence. And then the third is subtle. Because on one hand it relates to the second but it really relates to the fourth. And so there are certain people That show ihsan And do good to other people And we've never received their ihsan But we still love them How do we understand that? If there's someone that you know Has been Doing something for people Like you hear this story of Sayyidina Ali Zayn Abidin The great grandson of the Prophet (laughs) That after he passed away They found on his back A black line. Because he used to carry provisions To the poor in Medina at night This was part of his worship And to distribute them And that they only knew that he was doing this As after he passed away There was a lot of beggars in Medina That he was taking care of on a regular basis You hear that And you hear these different things That people do for other people This exhibition of Ihsan But it's not you But you still love them Why? Because We love Ihsan Even if it doesn't relate to us So this is the bridge For us to move towards What Imam Uzayah mentions And the fourth is loving Everything that is beautiful In and of itself And again there's An outward dimension of that And there's an inward dimension of that The outward dimension relates to the five senses The inner dimension Relates to Traits and then Ultimately there's a way that this relates to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala So the next reason that we then Love is loving Beauty And when Our Lord says When our, our Prophet sallallahu says This is a hadith in Sahih Muslim Inna Allah jamilun al Jamal. Allah is beautiful And he loves beauty Allah Essence His attributes And his actions Are only beautiful Subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is why we call them Asma Allah Al-Husna Even know that he has Jalali attributes We call them Asma Allah Al-Husna But that includes al nafi Al-Dhar Al-Muntaqam al jabbar Al-Qahar It includes those names But they're still Husna They're still beautiful Atak Rabbi Jazir Wa kullu fi'lek jameel Your gifts are copious And great O oh Lord And every one of your acts Is beautiful From the standpoint that it is a tajalli And a manifestation of one of his names and attributes And so Allah loves what is beautiful And all manifestations Of beauty in this world Are manifestations of his beauty Subhanahu and so we love Beauty In and of itself So these are the two Main reasons that we love Benevolence And beauty And there was lines of poetry Were you going to do those tomorrow? Say no, we and do that No, Were you planning on doing them tomorrow? I'll leave them for you Were no, you planning on doing them? I don't know Okay. So she has these beautiful lines of poetry I love you two loves the first is herbal hawa so she calls it the love of hawa and meaning that's what she likes her base is something she likes and another love because you are deserving of it as for the love of hawa she doesn't mean like lowly desires Like we think in this world She says It's my Preoccupation with your Remembrance from anything else As for the love that you are deserving of It your removing the veil So that I can see you There is no distinction for me Literally no praise For either of these two loves But the praise is due to you For both that love And the other love Both loves are ultimately from Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala So we love Allah ultimately Because He deserves To be loved Subhanahu wa ta'ala And we will talk about that bi ta'ala tomorrow Allahumma salli wa wa I just wanted to close uh, with this beautiful statement of Sidi Abdullah salam ibn Mashish. And um, because even when we describe love as we've described it, if we, even if we've defined it as we've defined it, it still might remain a little bit ambiguous. And what's really important Or you could say What's more important than understanding His definition is that it's experienced And this is why the Abdul Salam al-Mashiach said Al-Mahabbatu akhdatul min Allah Qalba man ahabba And This translates roughly as Love Is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala That Literally taking Or pulling the heart Of the one he loves towards him It's an akhada It's one That instance of akhada Is to take right? So it's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala That taking your heart for him And Sometimes that comes by way of Just flashes And then other times that it remains for a longer period of time. And every believer loves Allah. Every believer loves Allah. You can't be a believer if you don't love Allah and His Messenger. Loving Allah, loving the Messenger of Allah is not a sign of belief. It's a prerequisite. It's a condition of belief. So every believer loves Allah. But then there are degrees after that. And... This is really what we want Is to do our part And to expose ourselves To the sweet breezes of Allah Ta'ala's mercy So this akhla happens Allah just gives it to you And you experience those moments Where He just gives it to you And this is really What it's all about And we do the outward So that we can receive this From our Lord Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala The last thing that we didn't Talk about is the fifth one, according to Imam al Again, we said we only focused on two. This is, this is due to a subtle affinity between the lover and the beloved. And the hadith he mentions here is the hadith that we pointed to: at arwah Junudun Mujannada. Is that spirits are like armies set up in ranks. Those that came to know one another will find a sense of affinity and that those that that were distant from each other will differ. And so there's something about the secret of standing before Allah in the pre-earthly realm. There are certain people that when you come into this world and your spirit meets their spirit, there's a connection. There's an affinity. You don't know why. And it, it's much deeper than just both of you just like something worldly. It's much deeper than that. Yeah. This applies in the worldly sense, yeah. If you are very much into something that is, uh, if you're into something of the world, there's a lot of people that might get along because of that. You talk about it, you appreciate it, all those types of it. But this is deeper than that. Sometimes it could be traits of heart that are tra- And sometimes even more subtle than that You don't know why But there's a subtle affinity there Now we're talking at this level In relation to creation And there are certain people And the people that you actually feel closest to Are those people that you were closest to In the pre-earthly realm And in terms of how that relates to Allah Ta'ala The ruh is the alat al Mahabbah, And that's all we're going to say the qalb is the locus of ma'rifa of knowledge of Allah. But the ruh is the locus of Allah's love. And so when we talk about our internal reality, you love Allah with your ruh. It's your ruh. And your ruh is not, don't think of it as the ruh being totally separate from your internal being. That your internal being has different aspects based upon what is happening in the moment. It's you have qalb, you have ruh, you have aqal, you have sir, and you have different levels of the heart, you have the sadr, you have the fu'ad, however, that the ruh is the locus of love of Allah. جل and this is why it's so important and this is why we know that so little about the ruh but we know we can come to love him And become beloved to him And that's all that really can be said The rest is experienced But we're going to start With the basics And then progress in hopes That Allah Ta'ala does not take our life Except that we experience this And because love The word in Arabic Mahabba or hub Relates to a seed Usad Hassan mentioned this last night That a habba Hab are seeds Habba is an individual seed And that just as a seed That if you plant it It grows And that if you plant The seed of love That all of the meanings Of deen grow ultimately And then ultimately Reinforce that What it is that was planted So that we can experience The ultimate that goal of religion Which is to love our Lord And be beloved to Him May Allah Ta'ala bless us in these days and to give us tofiq and to fill this weekend with immense blessings and um, that uh, just as we close just please do forgive us we as you can see the normal facility that we use is under construction so we have some of those places taped off and um, I, I ask you to be patient with us in relation to the bathrooms that we have here and some of the other facilities that we're doing our best if there's Any way that we can serve you better or to help you, please do let us know. Uh, Please inform Bid'a or any of the people that are working with him so that we can all have an enjoyable, blessed experience. Bid'nilallah ta'ala. And also, everybody make dua. Everybody make dua. We don't want to just come together customarily and have a good time. Yeah, we're going to have a good time. There's nothing wrong with having a good time. But, bid'nilallah. Let's have high hopes in Allah that He gifts us these meanings. And gives us the greatest of the meanings that he gives to his, those that are beloved to him. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَمَا ذَلِكَ bi Aziz. We don't deserve that. But he is deserving to give. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. And may Allah ta'ala prepare us all to receive. And bless us to be able to receive the greatest gifts that he gives. The elect of his awliya and salihin. وصلى الله wa وسلم محمد وآلاء وسلم وآلحمد لله رب العالمين.